0: What's up, guys? My name is Leif Arneson, and you're listening to Episode 10 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are personal trainers and vegan bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are laying the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. If you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world just how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host
1: for this podcast, Anders. What's going on, man? What is up, guys? Today, we have an awesome topic, but before that, we have an awesome announcement to make.
0: Yeah, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do. So we are super, super excited about a new program that we're going to be launching this week. It's called the Vegan Peak Performance Blueprint. How badass is that name? The Vegan Peak (laughs) Peak Performance Blueprint, and it's a six-step process designed to help vegan entrepreneurs, business leaders, and influencers master their bodies so they can create their greatest impact in the world.
1: So where do they go to find out more about this? Well, I'm glad you asked, Leif. (laughs) You can simply just go to veganpeakperformanceblueprint.com. And yes, that is quite the mouthful, but it's the title of it, and it gets the point across.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and we we haven't uh, come up with a shorter uh, domain name yet, but uh, when we do, we'll tell you guys what that is. Um, But anyways, there's a link for it in the show notes in this podcast if you want to check it out. Um, and if you don't want to type it out into your browser. Uh, Now, the Peak Performance Blueprint is not for everyone. It is specifically designed for vegan entrepreneurs, business leaders, and influencers. Now, spots are extremely, extremely limited. We're only going to be taking a handful of people, and you must apply to get into this program. Um, And if you are tuning into this podcast months after its air date, uh, we're um, it's currently May 13th, 2018, um, and this will come out in probably two days. So, uh, mid May. Uh, so if you're listening to this in a few months, um, you can still check it out. There might be more spots available, but, uh, spots are extremely limited right now. Uh, so if you're interested, you can go find out more information by visiting, uh, vegan
1: peak performance I am so pumped for this. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, this freaking is, awesome. this is going to be it's a changing game changer. lives like yeah.
0: this is this is it <laughs> yeah so again um it's it's not for everyone spots are extremely limited so if you're interested at all if you'd like to apply uh please check that out at veganpeakperformanceblueprint.com now with that being said it's time to get into the show so
1: anders what are we talking about today dude this is one of my favorite topics to talk about yes and absolutely. we are going to give you our best tips to getting ripped slash shredded yeah <laughs> so
0: um it, yeah and so in this episode we're going to give you our best tips about getting ripped
1: um but to get ripped you really just need to have a low body fat percentage this um, this, this actually also goes along with abs it's like yeah everyone has abs just you need to get to a lower body fat percentage so you can see them
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, if you're wondering how to get a six pack, it really comes down to just um, uh, shredding fat like you could have never you uh, you could have never stepped foot in a gym. And if you just uh, bring your body fat percentage down with dieting, you're going to eventually expose your abs. Now, you're also probably going to look um, pretty skinny and and uh, and maybe kind of frail if you don't have muscle mass under uh, your body fat uh, to kind of give you. Um, kind of the, the athletic look that you're probably, uh, looking for, but it's really that simple. It really just boils down to, uh, cutting your body fat percentage down. In fact, um, honors, we were just talking earlier, I guess we've talked about it a, a bunch of times, but just this past week about how, um, even as you're dropping weight, as you're dropping your body fat, you look more jacked.
1: Oh, dude! Like we look. We talk about this like every day. You look bigger <laughs> than than well, you do at a higher body weight because it's, it's unreal. It's it's me when I first started my cut. F- this time I I looked not strong. Well, not well, strong. you look strong. Yeah. You look strong, but you don't look like jacked. Yeah, or and, like ripped. And then once you drop 15 pounds, you a body fat. Of body fat. Yes. Yeah. You look huge right there. You look, you look. You look huge. bigger than what you were. Fifteen right. pounds heavier. It's funny. <laughs> it's so cool. It's like all these, uh, all these people in the fitness industry that post like these jacked pictures. But if you actually look up their stats, majority of them. Uh, all the natural guys, it's just like yeah, they're not that heavy. They're not that heavy. Like they're you're just,
0: you're low one fifties right now. Yeah, which I'm, is
1: which is pretty light. It's pretty light, <laughs> but
0: you look jacked because you have the muscle mass under it, and you have a, a very low uh, body fat percentage. Yeah. So it really comes down to just having a low body fat percentage, Um, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Um, now, losing body fat is also known as shredding or cutting. Uh, those are two terms that are used uh, when, when we're talking about um, cutting down body fat. Um, those are two uh, terms that are used in the fitness world. And we're going to be using those terms interchangeably throughout this episode. So if you hear shredding or cutting, we're just talking about um, uh, losing body fat, essentially. So right now, we're actually both currently shredding. Um, and I'm doing it just to kind of get ready for uh, beach season, get ready for the summer. Um, oh, you're one of those. And, yeah, I'm one of those. <laughs> and I'm also doing it to make sure that my body is prepped for my next bulking season. And we're going to talk about why that's important, why shredding fat is an important part of the muscle building process in just a minute. Um, but Anders, what are you currently shredding for? You
1: have some more defined goals than I do right now. Yeah, dude, I'm, I am shredding for a... Uh, fitness competition this well bodybuilding competition that's going on June 15th in Houston Texas so I'll be shooting out there in a few weeks yeah you're is, like a month out yeah it's kind of a month yeah and two I, days I guess yeah a month and two days so yeah I, I'm pretty pumped for it um, and yeah we'll see how we do yeah. How I do. You'll be there, but... Uh, yeah, I'll <laughs> be, be there, there for but I'll be watching. He'll just be there for the beaches. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so that's actually a really important part of shredding, um, is actually having, like, serious goals. And Anders has a much more serious goal than I do. I'm kind of doing it just for aesthetics, um, and I'm also doing it uh, to kind of prepare for, for my next bulking season, as I said. But um,
1: those are... That goal isn't nearly as powerful as the goal that you have. For- well, it's me setting this goal. One, I always uh, purchase my spot before I uh, second guess or se- rethink uh, doing a competition. So one, I'm stuck in it. I have money in it. <laughs> and two, uh, I know that uh, I want to do well. So I'm just going to continue working out as much as possible and getting as shredded as possible so I could do well. So yeah, setting a a pretty big goal, like a competition is an excellent way to stay on track, not to like binge eat or uh, just not go to the gym. It's like you want to present yourself well, you want to do well, so you're going to work for it.
0: (laughs) And we talk a lot about this in, um, in our podcast episode one, two, three, four. I guess it's um, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm in cl- podcast episode six, I'm glad can, how to, I'm glad you can count <laughs> how to develop a warrior mindset. Well, the episode number is not here, so I had to just right. count up from the bottom. <laughs> um, so, in how to develop a warrior mindset, we talk a lot about goal setting, and that's a really, really important uh, part of the process, especially when you're doing something like shredding because it's it's mentally challenging.
1: Um, And like we said, it's more mentally challenging than physically. So it's just a mind game (laughs) exactly
0: yeah and um just last year last spring when i was shredding um for an actual it was an online competition actually for the exact same guy that you're kind of shredding for right now yeah it's uh
1: christian guzman uh yeah i don't know if
0: any of you have he's a fitness youtuber he's pretty well known he's not vegan but um he's
1: we just we we like what he stands for so it's and he's really he created his home business by himself. So yeah. it's really cool how he's come around in the last five years. So yeah. anyway, so he had a summer shredding, uh, challenge,
0: but it was all online last year. And I was part of that challenge. And now you're actually doing the same summer shredding challenge, but it's an actual
1: show yeah, he, in he's, Houston. Yeah. He's doing an online one, just like what you did. And he's actually, doing oh, yeah, a, that's right. An in-person one as well. So yeah. it'll, it'll be really cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what's what we'll, will we'll see how it goes. It. Yeah. yeah. But uh from establishing your goals, you uh since you don't have like any major thing coming up, I remember you, uh, this was like a week ago you were like it's actually more tough to cut when I don't really have anything it to is. look forward it to. Is. Like <laughs> which t- like you're you want to be beach ready but that's not really like a hefty goal. It's like right. when do you want to go to the beach? It's Sometime like, this summer. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like
0: I like, I'd, I'd feel really confident like just stepping onto the beach right now. So, it's like it's hard to like push yourself a yeah, little exactly. a little farther. So, Definitely having established goals is really important. So if you want to go listen to our uh, our mindset podcast episode, uh, I'd highly suggest you do that because we talk all about goal setting and how we do it and how we create powerful goals.
1: And just, just to put it out there, that doesn't mean you have to join a competition to yeah, have a hefty not. goal. It could be as, uh, well, for a, it would be a big day, but like for your wedding, I want to lose 15 pounds for my wedding. Boom. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's a motivator right there. (laughs) That's, that might be more motivation. Probably.
0: So, so, I mean, whatever works for you guys, but it's better to have concrete goals than not have concrete goals. And I have like, uh, overall goals that are kind of guiding my fitness journey. Um, I've said it before I said in podcast episode six, um, that my kind of ultimate fitness goal is to get to 190 pounds at 10% body fat. And uh, that's really difficult. Um, I have a lot of progress still to make to hit that. Um, it's uh, and I want to do it all naturally because that really, really matters to me. Um, health and fitness; those are uh, kind of equal in my mind. But uh, whatever goals like work for you, um, you should uh, you should definitely solidify those, and and it helps you a ton when you're shredding, especially. So um, that's a little bit on goal setting. Um, but even if you're not, uh, looking to get like super shredded or something, even if you don't want to step on a stage, if you're just working to build muscle, uh, shredding is actually also necessary. It's very important. It's a very important part of the muscle building process. Um, and there are two main reasons for this. Uh, The first reason is that high body fat levels reduce insulin sensitivity, which thereby suppresses muscle protein synthesis, which is known as MPS. Now, MPS is a vital component of hypertrophy, which is the muscle growth process. So high body fat levels actually make it more difficult to build muscle. So if you're not shredding and not maintaining lower levels of body fat, Um, And you just let your body fat percentage continue to increase and you're going to have more trouble uh, building muscle. And this is why we recommend clean bulking
1: and not dirty bulking. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because then you're you're not jumping up in your body fat percentage so quickly quickly, and you have kind of longer bulking periods uh, where you're in a prime uh, kind of muscle building state. So that's the first reason. Um, And the second reason is is quite similar, but uh, high high levels of body fat actually create imbalances in your hormone levels, uh, which cause testosterone levels to drop and estrogen levels to rise in men. Now, this is uh, also really important because your hormone levels play a crucial role in the muscle building process. So uh, for those two reasons, it's really important to cycle between your periods of bulking and cutting. Um, so if you don't, as I kind of touched on earlier, if you just constantly bulk without shredding, then you're going to hit a major plateau. And this has happened to us before where you just continually, you like perpetually bulk for years yeah, and then you just like, you can't do anything. I got
1: to a point where I thought that I just couldn't get stronger and I was just okay with that for (laughs) two years. (laughs) Yeah. And now you're, you're lighter. You're like. 40 pounds lighter and you're stronger yeah i'm the strongest i've ever been in my entire life (laughs) which is so cool it's it's amazing how you manipulating every uh your diet is can benefit your strength (laughs) oh yeah so cool it's huge um
0: and if you just continually pack on more and more body fat uh you might look bigger in clothes um but you're probably not going to like the way you feel all the time um and we kind of went through this as well. We I, like I probably had a worse feeling than you. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> did. But we I've actually never been as heavy as you have
1: been. Yeah.
0: Which is and, and you're 2 crazy. inches taller than me. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. <laughs> um so those are the two main reasons uh why you should actually juggle between your bulking and cutting periods. Um so That's, uh, it's, it's a very important part of the muscle building process. So as I said, even if you're not going to step on stage, even if you don't want to get contest lean or something, uh, it's still important to have shredding periods. So, uh, kind of the spring and
1: early summer is kind of a really good time to do that shredding. I'm, Uh, I'm I'm finding out. Yes. The spring is the best time to do shredding. I did it last year in the fall and i was absolutely miserable. Yeah. The uh the less fat you have, obviously, the uh your less insulation you have. You have less insulation, so right. i went from summer to fall, so it started getting a lot colder and i felt absolutely terrible. Yeah. I felt brittle. <laughs> yeah. And we don't necessarily recommend dropping to
0: super low body right. fat levels. Right. Like once you drop under ten percent as a guy or maybe under about fifteen percent as a as a female, it's um I'm not gonna say it's healthy. Like it's it's um it's probably not that healthy for you. Well so, you you have
1: no reason to drop that low unless you're doing competitions. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's pretty much it. <laughs> exactly. So um yeah it might not be that healthy for you you might feel cold and stuff
0: and yeah some people think that's pretty messed up and if you if you're not at all interested in that like i'm not really that interested in that so i i understand but if you're not interested in that like you don't have to uh drop that low and you probably won't feel cold uh all the time so um maybe uh shredding it other times during the the uh the years would work for you but um yeah generally speaking uh the spring and early summer is best. Plus you're kind of ready and for beach season. Plus yeah. you're ready for beach <laughs> season, so that's a huge plus for most people. Uh so basically whether you want to just continue building muscle or whether you want to get shredded, um shredding is pretty much a necessary evil for anybody who's interested in fitness. Um and here's kind of we kind of touched on what you can expect, but here's a little bit more. Um, Really, kind of like point blank, shredding fat is not easy. Um, there's really no way around being hungry, and if you are working to get contest lean, uh, like you're trying to drop below 10% body fat as a guy or less than 15% uh, body fat as a woman, uh, you're really going to kind of have to suffer. Like it's not easy. Like yeah, there's,
1: there's, it does get easier though the more times with experience, you, with you exactly. More times you do it because you you find. How to get around that hunger, right? So, and there are
0: some tips, and we're going to cover those exactly. in just a little bit.
1: Um, but yeah, the the first time is it's it's rough, and second time it's rough too. But it's just it's really cool how you can uh, figure out what works for your body and how it reacts to different eating schedules and that type yeah, totally. of deal. And it's just I find it as like a really cool uh, educational self development type thing for fitness. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely something it's not uh it's not easy and it's definitely something that experience helps uh drastically. Yeah, exactly, which is pretty much the same for anything else. <laughs> yeah. So, um it's not easy, but you can however make the process more efficient uh which makes it much more enjoyable. Um, And there are kind of three main shredding rules that you pretty much have to follow to have a successful cut. Um, And uh, kind of before diving into those rules, um, I want to make one thing very clear, and that's uh, that our primary objective when shredding is to lose fat, um, obviously. But an equally important objective is to maintain lean muscle mass. Now, this is something that a lot of people might overlook. If you're not like serious about competing, you might just say, oh, I want to lose weight or something. And that's actually, that's not a good way of phrasing it in our opinion. And the reason is because if I, if I was like, okay, yeah, I can help you lose 10 pounds. And I just uh, like snap my fingers and magically chopped off 10 pounds of muscle from your physique, you would not like you would, have a higher,
1: you would have a higher body fat <laughs> yeah, percentage. Yeah, your body fat percentage <laughs>
0: would go up because you would maintain all your body fat. So um, you you really can't even possibly do that. I mean, technically,
1: but, someone could just burn, I mean, drop like six pounds in one day, go sit in a sauna for two hours, and then you're golden. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and then that would just be all water weight. Exactly. So,
0: we just have to be really clear on our goals, and our main goal is to lose body fat, and we really don't want to lose any muscle mass, um, so we we simply don't want to com- uh, compromise any of our hard-earned lean muscle mass in any way, um, I mean compromise any hard-earned lean muscle in any way. So there are three main rules that you absolutely have to follow when you're shredding, Um Number one, the most important, is that you must maintain a an aggressive yet not reckless calorie deficit of about
1: 20%. Now, we, we say reckless because there's a lot of people out there that think if I eat as little as possible, I'm going to be able to lose a lot more yeah.
0: fat. Yeah, if I just eat 1,000 calories a day, I'm going to get reach my uh, shredding goals in a month. That's and going that's, to really a, hurt you and not help recipe you. That's a for disaster. You want to shred fat quickly, but if you drop your calories too low, then you can actually run into issues with your metabolism. Uh, So that's really why we uh, recommend that you maintain an aggressive, and we say aggressive because 20% is kind of like as far as you can go without getting into the danger zone. Uh, You want to maintain an aggressive yet not reckless calorie deficit. So we recommend that you aim for about 20%. Now you could be at 15%, you could even be at 10%, but... Uh, We found that 20% kind of works best. It helps you to uh, shred kind of as quickly as possible while minimizing your risk of uh, losing muscle. So what exactly is a 20% deficit, you might ask? Uh, It just means that you're chopping off 20% of your, um, your calories from your maintenance calorie target. So your maintenance calories are all of the calories that you burn in a given day from your metabolism and exercise. So if that number is 2,400 calories uh, that you're burning through your metabolism plus your activity burn, which is your exercise, then you want to eat about 20% less to maintain a 20% caloric deficit. And uh, that would come out to be 1,920 calories in this example. So, you simply multiply your maintenance calories by 0.8. It's really uh, quite simple, um, and that's what you should aim for. So, what is step number two, Honors? Eat plenty
1: of quality
0: protein, high High quality quality protein. protein. So yeah, we talk about uh, we've talked a lot about protein quality, especially in the last episode. So if you want to learn more about protein quality, we're not going to go into much detail in this episode. Uh, You can go check out our last episode, episode nine, if you want more details.
1: Um, And kind of one of the the, yeah, I'll be completely honest with you guys. The number one protein source that I consume, and I think. That might be like number two for you life uh, you eat a lot of tofu and yeah, stuff I eat like a lot that. of soy, so but I consume a lot of protein powder yeah. just because I'm able to hit high uh protein targets and still have room for other things like fruit that I want to be consuming, yeah, so it's I don't know it's I know a lot of people don't really look at protein powder like it's healthy for you, yeah, which and I'm, I'm not gonna argue, yeah, protein uh, nah.
0: powder. In comparison to lentils or spinach exactly. or something, it's not as healthy. Like, I don't dispute that at all. But when you're shredding, it's very, very convenient. Um, so, first of all, it tastes great. Uh, but Depends on which ones you get. <laughs> yeah, it depends on which ones you get. Uh, there are some that do not taste good. So, if you haven't had any, suce- any success with uh, vegan protein powders, you just need to try some other ones. Um, which one would you recommend? I've been using... Cookies and Cream Plant Fusion Protein. <laughs> it and sounds
1: like heaven. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually the one that introduced you to that. Yeah, you did. And I, I'm really glad that, that you did because That's what I used all last delicious. year. It is very good. Put that and, in a little nice cream. And yeah, and, and it
0: has a lot of added uh, ingredients in it that I wouldn't really otherwise consume. But when you're in a calorie deficit and you're just like looking for something that tastes good, you only have so many calories in the day, so... Um, I don't want to just eat plain pea protein or I'd probably shoot myself yeah, exactly. a few weeks into the cut. <laughs> but if that works for you, then that's probably better. I would definitely suggest you
1: have as little added um, ingredients as possible. Yeah, we, we don't even consume uh, the plant fusion outside of cutting. We, yeah. we usually have, what, naked pea. That's what yeah, we, we usually consume. use
0: Naked Pea Protein. Um, they actually have a chocolate flavor and a vanilla flavor that both have uh, only two added ingredients.
1: And they don't have any artificial anything in there. Um, Quality products, great. Uh, you get a ton. Uh, five pounds is like $50 or something like Yeah, that. it's a pretty good price.
0: So, But there are a bunch of different protein powers that you can use. Um, depending on where you live, you might have other options. So uh, just, just look for something that that, um, that works for you and, and is a good price if, if that's something you're concerned about. But, um, if, uh, if you're shredding, you might find it easier to actually have a really delicious protein powder. And yeah, the plant fusion is more expensive, um, uh, by weight than the naked pea protein, but it really helps me mentally. And that's, there's really something to be said for that. So
1: if that's kind of something that, you want to do um awesome uh that's and it's great for like not just protein shakes you can literally mix it with anything yeah
0: (laughs) like i have protein oatmeal in the morning i made
1: protein bread with it
0: yeah you you can make protein bread you have a protein shake you you can literally put it in anything ice cream right Uh, i've been using protein ice cream uh nice cream is just uh frozen bananas blended up if you don't know that so there are a bunch of different things that you can use protein for. So it really mixes well with everything. It's also a great protein source on the go. Uh, like if you're doing a lot of traveling, yeah, just it's really easy.
1: It's on the plane. It's Yeah, it's super, super good.
0: Uh, but the most important part of a high quality protein shake is that the macros are absolutely amazing. Now, most vegan protein sources are high in carbs, uh, such as lentils, or high in fat, such as tofu. Uh, so it is really helpful to have a high protein source in your diet that you can use with pretty much anything um, that's really low in carbs and really low in fats and pretty much just straight uh, protein. So most protein powders are uh, around 85% to 95% protein by weight. Uh, so the macros are going to be really, really good, and it helps you to hit a high protein intake on, uh, a, on a calorie deficit. So if you don't use protein power, that's totally fine, but uh, you're probably going to have trouble hitting a uh, really high protein intake on a calorie deficit. Now, what kind of uh, protein intake should you
1: aim for? Uh, well, what what do we aim for? Oh, about uh, 1.1 1. 1 grams uh, per pound of uh, lean body mass. Yeah. So for me, my lean body mass is about 142 and I'm 151 right now so i'm i don't know i'm consuming about 155 grams i think that's what it is yeah
0: so 141 times 1.1 is 155 exactly wow Uh, look at that so yeah very good (laughs) um and uh if you're um if you're on the metric system that's 2.4 grams of protein per kilogram of lean body mass per day um, I'm 182 pounds right now at about 12% body fat, and that means that my lean body mass is about 160 pounds, So, um, uh, and lean body mass is just your body weight minus your fat weight, so it's pretty easy to calculate. It's just your body weight times uh, one minus your body fat percentage, Um And, uh, and for me, that's about 160 pounds. And that means that I should be aiming for about 176 grams of high quality plant protein per day.
1: Yes. But that is a lot of protein.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we talked about that a lot in the last episode. If Uh, you
1: guys think that's too much protein, go listen to our last podcast.
0: Well, it, it does depend on your fitness goals. Like if if you don't want to build
1: as much muscle and as strength as possible, you don't need that much protein. Right. Um, I, what I'm saying is, like, before you comment and say some hate, just listen to our last podcast Yeah, so I understand where we're coming the from. The bottom
0: line <laughs> is that a high-protein diet is not bad for you. It's not bad for your kidneys. I will be the first to admit that protein powder isn't the healthiest um protein source, uh, whole foods like, uh, lentils or soybeans or something like that is much healthier, but, um, uh, we covered in detail why, why we use protein powder. If you don't want to use it, that's totally fine. Uh, you wouldn't be able to hit, uh, that high of a, uh, you wouldn't be able to hit 1.1 1. 1 grams of protein per pound of lean body mass per day if you are not using, uh, protein powder it would be virtually impossible you might be able to use seitan and and uh, like pea protein isolate like guess that's that's yeah. plant protein anyways yeah you could probably use like textured vegetable protein and and seitan and get there but oh, i couldn't is that imagine even, how you would feel <laughs> yeah is that even healthier <laughs> i don't know so um just do what works for you guys but that's what we do so um if you want to learn more about protein go listen to the last episode So, um, and that brings us to number three, uh, the third rule of shredding,
1: and that is what? Do not focus on cardio. Focus on high compound weightlifting. Yes. And that is your squat, your deadlift, your shoulder press, and your bench press. And your bench press. Yeah.
0: It's funny that you say bench press last because I think that's your favorite. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, not at the moment. (laughs) My strength has gone down like crazy. Is your squat yeah. your favorite now? I think squat's my favorite right now, which I'm, I'm sure people are like, what the? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's
0: not fun, but I think uh, squat might be my favorite too. It definitely feels good after you leave the gym. Oh, I, f- I feel so
1: powerful afterwards.
0: Yeah. It's feels really good. Awesome. Uh, so if you restrict your calories for weight loss, and I should really say fat loss because I just explained why weight loss isn't the right term. Uh, but restricting your calories for fat loss without lifting, without doing heavy compound weightlifting, uh, we personally think that's a huge mistake uh, because it's going to result in at least mild muscle loss. So it's kind of the same thing uh, that we were talking about protein for. Uh, It's kind of the same reason. You want to uh, maintain as much muscle mass as possible, as much lean mass as possible. And, um, you're going to be able to do that with heavy compound weightlifting. Cardio is not going to help you to maintain your lean muscle mass. Um, now cardio is negotiable. If you want to do it, you can, it does help you to put, uh, it, it does help to put you in more of a deficit. And we're going to cover that in a little bit, but Anders, what's your take on cardio? Uh, what, what type of cardio are you doing right now? And, um, and how much are you doing to shred fat and prep for your
1: competition? Well, yes, cardio is definitely necessary if you want to do a competition uh, for fat loss. It's, yeah, it's negotiable. But uh, the only cardio that I enjoy doing, I one, I hate running. Uh, I hate any type of hit exercises. I don't like fast little quick movements, which is, that's, Probably I don't what, know. what is HIT by the way if someone doesn't high know. intensity uh, let me let me interval give this training interval training yeah. I'm I'm used to H I T T which is something that you high intensity in the tactical Marines. training right I, That's I was a certified thing. for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I always mix those two up but there, it's essentially the same the Marines just made up their own twist on that but uh yeah as the the only cardio I really do is the stairmaster or walk on an incline. So pretty much just, uh, steady state cardio, just nice and slow and grind through for about 45 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I typically right now, since I'm about a month out, I'm doing four to four to five days of cardio. Um, and that ranges between 25 and 40 minutes. Yeah. With probably medium intensity. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of like change the intensity. I start slow, kind of get into it, get my blood flowing, and then I slowly increase as I get closer to the end. So it's just like kind of increasing intensity. Yeah.
0: yeah. So like Anders kind of touched on, if you're planning to get below 10% body fat as a male or below 15% body fat as a female, we can pretty much guarantee that you're going to need to include at least some cardio in your routine to get there. Uh, cardio obviously puts you in more of a calorie deficit and um, it also can help you, it it can also allow you to eat a little bit more food. So if you're really struggling to uh, maintain uh, the calorie deficit and hit your uh, lower calorie target, then maybe add some cardio and you can actually uh, bump up your macros a little bit. So those are the three main things that you need to do to shred body fat and get ripped. And while those things um, are pretty much required if you want to uh, shred fat as quickly and efficiently as possible it is still difficult it's a very difficult process shredding fat is not fun so it's time to discuss some other helpful tips it
1: is fun to see the progress though. oh it's definitely fun to see the progress yeah <laughs> that's that's the best thing about it and that's that's what makes you keep going yeah. i mean if that's uh, yeah, that's the motivation in itself i shouldn't
0: say it's not fun because it's um it's rewarding and yeah. I think challenge is um I I want challenge in my life like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take the easy
1: route anyway exactly so, exactly so and it's
0: definitely it's something that you can appreciate you can appreciate yeah. the difficulty
1: and and what's really cool is like with our our clients and stuff that are uh cutting for the first time in their lives they're they're going through the this process and they're realizing like They're starting to go to the grocery store, and yeah, they're following meal plans uh, that we have provided them. But they go and look. Oh, uh, I might have this as a snack later, just to treat myself. And then, like, oh, dude, the the nutrient facts. It's just like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That your eyes are just open to like how bad a lot of food is for you, right? And it's yeah, it's definitely a learning process. Yeah, it's like your first time. You learn how to. uh, It's just really cool. You learn. You can learn, learn at how to maintain. Different. You look at food differently and then you learn how to manipulate your diet uh, and uh, be able to do that by yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool. So, and everyone loves learning that. Yeah, it's super, super beneficial. C- it's taking control of your life. It's right. so cool. So
0: um, let's discuss the tips uh, that we've got for uh, helping to make the shredding process easier. Um and I'll go through tip, no- I'll take tip number one because this is kind of something that I've been playing around with. Um, so tip number one is try intermittent fasting. Now, I actually used to not think very highly of intermittent fasting because it really doesn't help you to lose fat faster. But I don't think that I fully appreciated um, kind of how beneficial it can actually be. Now, well, it adds
1: structure to your, your Yeah, day, exactly. And that is cool. the benefit.
0: Yeah. So um, uh, intermittent fasting can basically help you to condense your hunger periods into shorter windows. Uh, So I found the thing that I've been playing around with is um, actually fasting until midday, like um, eating my first meal at noon. And I don't really do I don't I don't do a a uh you don't exact really, fast? Yeah, you don't really have like
1: an exact window that you
0: Right. Eat. I don't really do an exact window and in fact, I don't I don't exactly prescribe to intermittent fasting. I actually um w- when we work out in the mornings, we work out pretty early and after that I actually eat a protein shake uh which ends up being about 150 calories because I'm just using protein powder and I don't have any fruit or anything. Uh, So, yes, that's not technically uh, a fast, but it's uh, kind of the same general structure uh, that intermittent fasting uses, uh, where you have condensed eating periods. And my typical eating periods will be from uh, about noon till 8 p.m. And I found that, um, with the slight exception of uh, the protein shake in the morning, so if you're really into intermittent fasting, you're like, well, you're just a poser. You're, you're a fake intermittent that, faster, and that's exactly true. <laughs> like I am, I'm a fake. But, well,
1: you, you you're getting a taste of it. So but it's, yeah, I'm
0: definitely I'm trying to apply the general strategy. Uh, how, to get how long some benefits have you been doing it. this? I've been doing it for about four weeks now, and I feel I feel really good doing that. I definitely feel hungry in the morning. It's really difficult to get. Um, from my protein shake, uh, which I have at about 7 a.m., all of the way to uh, noon. Um, I tend to get really hungry in the morning. I love breakfast, uh, so I actually just end up eating breakfast at noon. And then I have lunch generally around uh, 4 p.m., and then I'll have a late dinner around uh, 7.30 or
1: even 8 p.m. So I I definitely think intermittent fasting would be an amazing thing to do for yeah. a cutting uh, period. Um, I, I just I can't do that. I, yeah. Well, I don't want to do well, that. It's, and it's as
0: long as you get over that first hump. Yeah, you exactly. get through the get through breakfast hunger and get to like noon. Then it's relatively easy. It, right. The rest of the day is pretty easy. Well, you have so, all your
1: calories to look forward to. Exactly, you know? and
0: that's why I say you're condensing your hunger periods because yeah. you end up just being hungry in the morning and then feeling pretty good the rest of the day. Which the, start, I'm
1: sure that the way you're doing it would help you uh, to sleep better because sometimes I go to bed hungry and yeah. I'm, I'm sure that you don't or at least not as much. No, actually, is, I
0: haven't gone to bed hungry at all in the last four weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. And the the only
1: reason that is is because I choose to be hungry in the morning. Um, so and, that works for and, me. And to let you guys know, I'm not doing it just because I don't want to change up my schedule like this close to a competition. I might try it. Yeah, you do what works for you. Maybe I'll dabble with it a little bit later. You do what works for
0: you. If you like intermittent fasting or you want to give it a try, I would personally recommend it. I used to not be a proponent of intermittent fasting. um, And the the only reason I haven't been a proponent of it is because uh, studies have shown that it doesn't help you to lose fat more quickly, but it can help you to condense your hunger periods. So if that helps you to maintain your calorie deficit – then, yeah, it can actually help you to lose fat yeah, think, more quickly. I think it could be a good tactic to so use. There, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for it. So that's number one. That's tip number one. Uh, now, number two, you know more about this than I do, so why don't you go ahead with it? Cardio. Yeah, adding <laughs> some cardio.
1: Yeah, uh, so I'll just briefly say what I do. Um, I So this year, I have been cutting for about a month and a half now. So this year will be about two and a half months. And the the first four weeks, so the first month was me pretty much just cleaning up my diet. I actually went grain free, which I've never done before. And, and I felt really, really good on that. Um, and I did no cardio for the first four weeks. And I just slowly, uh, I get to a point where I know that I hit like a plateau of losing weight. And then that's when I know that I need to start implementing uh, cardio.
0: Yeah. Yeah, actually, I haven't been you, – you don't need cardio to lose fat. Um, like we said before, if you want to get to low body fat percentages, uh, cardio um, is in most cases necessary, but you don't need to lose cardio – you don't need to use cardio to lose fat, at least in the early process. So, I'm down a little over five pounds in the last month of cutting, and I've only done 10 minutes of cardio so far. Yeah, like I was down about seven literally pounds. Literally 10 minutes. <laughs> I was
1: down about seven pounds the first month. So, right. it's, it's completely doable without cardio. It, all you need to do is be in a somewhat of a caloric deficit, yeah. and you're going to be losing weight. And it's it's that simple. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if you do want to start using cardio, uh,
0: you can start with uh, kind of shorter periods of cardio first if you haven't really done cardio yet. I wouldn't advise that you jump in and do uh, half an hour of cardio yeah, five days a I, week. I
1: started out doing 10 to 15 minutes, yeah. maybe three times a week. That's it. And and uh, just because I've been getting closer to my competition, yeah, I'm upping up the cardio. But it's you don't have to really amp up the cardio at all. You just need to Go from three days to four days. And I don't know. you just just working with your schedule.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you do have a few um, days where you're not doing cardio, uh, you should definitely make sure that one of those days falls on your leg day. Um, and bu-
1: I would say before your leg day.
0: Yeah, maybe before and the, the day before legs and maybe the day of legs uh, if you're just doing it once a week.
1: Yeah, I, I sometimes do cardio on leg day, which i know a lot of people are like oh that sounds terrible but it's it's whatever it's the the day that before leg day that if i do cardio i am just completely off for that whole workout yeah my legs are tired it's not like they're sore but they're just fatigued and the muscles don't want to be pushing the weight that i would normally (laughs) exactly so so yeah that's about it for cardio uh the next tip is that
0: um that you should combine your meals. Now, um, let me explain exactly what I yeah, mean when by you, this. When you
1: first were telling me about this, I was like, what are you talking about,
0: dude? Yeah, it's <laughs> But not, it, it does make sense. It's not exactly necessary, but it can help you. Um, and that's... Uh, so your pre- and your post-workout nutrition is important. Um, when uh, right now, at least, I haven't been eating a pre-workout because I want to... Uh, reserve the calories for later in the day. So I have been doing fasted workouts. And if you have a low body fat percentage, you might want to uh actually use like a BCAA supplement, which
1: is um your branched chain amino acids. Um I'm I'm to the point where I need to have a little bit of something in my system for yeah. a workout. So I usually just have a banana.
0: Yeah well just, you you do what works for you. Yeah. It's
1: good to have
0: um ideally you want to have uh, carbs and protein before you work out, and you want to have carbs and protein after you work out. Now, the, your post-workout nutrition is uh, is is important in particular uh, because it has three main uh, purposes. And uh, the first is that uh, it helps to replenish your glycogen levels um, by uh, getting some carbs in your system. Uh, Reason two is that you decrease protein breakdown, and reason three is that you increase levels of protein synthesis. So those are the reasons that it's really important to have a post-workout meal, and uh, like I said, I've been doing a post-workout shake. I haven't really been doing carbs, and ideally, you should be doing carbs after a workout. I definitely do that when I'm uh, bulking, but I just don't have all the calories when I'm cutting, so I have to... Um, kind of be smart about how I uh, eat those throughout the day.
1: Well, your first meal after your quote unquote your fasting period, it, that's pretty hot dense in carbs. Yeah, lots so, of
0: I have lots of carbs and lots of protein
1: at noon. Um, so that's just a few hours after, which is, I mean, not ideal, but yeah, it's, it's not, not terrible.
0: Yeah, people talk about, oh well, you have to have your carbs and protein within thirty minutes after your workout, and. That's not exactly true, but there is some truth to, um, to having it uh, closer to the end of your workout than, than not. So waiting a few hours might not be ideal, but it's what works for me right now, and um, the, the difference is so slight that I don't think it, it really matters. Um, but when I talk about combining meals, if you do decide to uh, have a meal after your, post, after your workout, Um, It's really good to combine your post-workout with an actual meal so that you can get all of the benefits of a post-workout meal without spending the extra calories. So, for example, if you work out in the mornings, then you could actually just eat a high-protein, high-carb breakfast after your workout to get all of the benefits of a post-workout meal without the additional calories that an extra post-workout meal would actually contribute to your diet. So, it's just kind of... um, it's all about kind of uh, uh, scheduling and meal timing. It's just it's, it's if you want to be uh, kind of optimal in, um, in your post-workout nutrition, uh, then you might want to just say, if, if you work out in the mornings, you just say, okay, well, I'm going to eat breakfast and I'm not going to eat a post-workout meal 30 minutes after my workout and then an hour after that I'm going to eat my actual breakfast because then you burn through a lot of your calories for the day um, and it's not really necessary because uh, your breakfast can act as your post-workout. So same thing could happen if you're working out in the evenings. You could just say, okay, my dinner is going to be my post-workout. So that's all I mean by combining uh, your meals. It's just about um, being as ideal as possible with your uh, post-workout yeah, nutrition.
1: smart with your macros.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to burn through uh, more macros than necessary
1: if you can help it. So, uh, what is the next tip? Eat as much volume as possible. And by that, my go-to is spinach, hands down. It's, it's one of those uh, super low calorie but com- really fills you up, especially if you have it raw. I tend to cook mine, so it's like 200 grams of spinach, turns into what is it like half a cup (laughs) yeah it turns into like a little handful but it's spinach is my go-to uh i know that you love kale uh, broccoli yeah that type of deal yeah i haven't been
0: doing so much kale uh during this cut but broccoli is huge i love broccoli it uh it has high volume and low calorie density and uh yeah it's a pretty It's a pretty good source of protein. Um, Its protein content is pretty high. It's not um, uh, the protein quality, which is something we discussed in the last episode, is not exactly on par with something like a pea protein shake, but it is still uh, worth noting. So broccoli, I love asparagus, especially grilled asparagus. But A little salt and pepper. Yeah, a little salt and pepper. um, No oil. But you cannot use oil like period. Like when you are, talk about a terrible cutting food. Like when we, when we're talking about volume, um, the worst that you could possibly, the worst food that you could possibly have is oil because it is so calorie dense and it doesn't fill you up at all. And this
1: includes like olive oil, peanut butter, avocado, like all these foods that are super high in with yeah, these well, you, oils. You could work uh avocado into Well, you could work in peanut butter too, but it's just not
0: ideal. You just cut uh, through a bunch of exactly. your calories in uh, such a small But oil by itself is the worst. Yeah, Hands oil down, the oil worst. is so bad. Do not cook with oil when you're on a cut. And it, it's yeah how much how much is a
1: tablespoon? It's like a 100 I think it's isn't it 120 calories? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, something like that. For a tablespoon, though, you know, it's, that's one little quick shot. <laughs> yeah, a tablespoon is 120 calories. I just looked it
0: up. Uh, so it's 100% fat and 120 calories. So uh, mm, Nutritious. That is, yeah, that is not <laughs> going to work into most meal plans. So be sure to focus on high-volume, low-calorie foods. Uh, we're talking about leafy greens in particular. Uh, you have spinach, kale. Well, how how um, do you – Things like broccoli, asparagus, them, and green beans. Well, you can. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I like baking them. Uh, that's one thing I like doing, especially broccoli. I'll just put a little seasoning and uh, maybe some brags. Yeah. Uh, um. The, the brags, uh, liquid aminos, liquid aminos, which is basically just like soy sauce. Um, yeah, that stuff's really good. It's really good, and that's something that I'll do. I'll just put it in at four hundred for. Just put in some broccoli florets at 400 for, like, uh, half an hour to 45
1: minutes. Yeah, um, Leif, Leif tends to uh, like to bake all his food. Uh, I, like I to do a use, lot of baking. I like to use my uh, skillet, and in the skillet, you still don't need oil. You use a little bit of water, a little bit of uh, vegetable broth, and then you're golden. And the vegetable broth adds so much flavor to the, the vegetables, too, you know? Yeah. And you just do not need oil to cook anything. Yeah. It's like in every single recipe it's like 2 tablespoons of oil. It's like what's the need of that? <laughs> right.
0: Well, I will admit it does make most food taste better, but it's not helpful on a calorie deficit. You really can't add it uh without severely like cutting into your calories for the day. So, uh we're talking mostly about vegetables. You can have fruit, like we have um I, I tend to eat a lot of berries, and you use uh, quite a few bananas and, yeah, and berries eat, too. Yeah, I eat
1: a lot of bananas, and that is the reason why I actually, uh, from my protein source, I have a lot of protein uh, powder, because I like having a lot more fruit. Uh, it's I, rather, I get a majority of my carbs from all the fruit, so I have like four to five bananas a day, a clementine, an apple, and uh, yeah, I just love fruit. Yeah. <laughs> And you can definitely cut on
0: a pretty high fruit diet. Yeah. Um, but it can be challenging for some people to fit that in your macros, depending on what your other foods are. So if you're eating lots of protein powder, um, yeah, you're probably gonna have a lot, of more, a lot more room for fruit. But if you're not, if you're eating stuff like um, lots of lentils and beans that are fairly high in carbs, you might have trouble fitting a bunch of fruit into your diet. So just, uh, you kind of need to focus on, um, on your macros and figure out what works best for you. Uh, but And what you enjoy the most. Yeah, you know. exactly. So I actually haven't... I don't think I've been eating really any bananas. I've had like...
1: You've been eating a ton of berries. I've been eating so <laughs> many berries. Like I, I legitimately... Gr- granted, I give you that. Frozen berries on oatmeal is freaking d- delicious. Yeah. So... I legitimately have been,
0: for the past two weeks, I've been eating one and a half pounds of berries per day.
1: Oh my. Like <laughs> I didn't know it was that like, much. Yeah,
0: it's been <laughs> a lot. And uh, that ends up being about, uh, I think it's like 500 calories. Uh, but it's so uh, high in volume um, and low in calorie density that it really kind of just fits into Um, into my macros and I really enjoy it in protein because it provides so much more, uh, in protein oatmeal because it provides so much more, uh, volume and it's a sweetness too. It's yeah, it, it adds a sweetness and it's also, um, it also provides an abundance of micronutrients. So your vitamins and minerals. And actually speaking of micronutrients, we also use, uh, spirulina tablets, uh, that's, been, that's something I use when I'm bulking too, but I also use it when I'm shredding. Um, and we also both take a vegan multivitamin uh, every day to make sure that we're getting all of our nutrients. We're kind of just trying to fill in any nutrient gaps uh, because when you're in a calorie deficit, it can be difficult to actually get all of your vitamins and minerals just from your diet. So it helps to have uh, some supplement. Um, so if that's not what you're all about, then uh, do what works for you. But that's what we do. So, um, kind of speaking of high volume, uh, you also want to drink a ton of water. Um, and you can also use other low calorie beverages if you need some flavor. This Uh, gets me through the day, but, but yeah, water, (laughs) water is probably best. So you want to talk a little bit
1: about that? Yeah, it's, it's fairly simple. It's just drinking a ton of water is going to fill up your stomach and it's going to, uh, hold off that craving for any food for a little while. Well, it's especially good to,
0: like, drink before eating or something. Yeah,
1: you chug a a glass of water right before you start eating. It's going to fill up, like, half your stomach, and then you're going to eat a little bit of food, and you're like, oh, I'm golden for about two hours. Yeah. And then you you have the other portion of your meal in two hours, you know? And that's how I am able to get through the whole day is just – Pounding water, uh, we have some flavored waters that we, we have or, like, some packets that we put in a water. Because, yes, drinking plain water by itself is delicious, but copious amounts of it is just a little <laughs> a little boring. So we like to add a little bit of flavor in Right. It.
0: Yeah, I especially like drinking uh, zero-calorie carbonated water that's flavored with something like lemon or lime. Um, And I find that to be more satisfying, uh, at least for me, um, than just having regular water. And you can also flavor your water with BCAAs or um, some other low calorie uh, um, uh, uh, packets or or whatever you might want to add to your water. Um, and BCAAs, as we kind of touched on earlier, might actually uh, be helpful, especially if you're working out fasted. Uh, you might consider using BCAAs as well. And um, tastes delicious. Yeah, it tastes great. Uh, now, research has kind of their their research has kind of shown that BCAAs uh, might not make that big of a difference, uh, even if you're working out in a fasted state. But it certainly doesn't hurt, and it can be beneficial. Um, depending on your goals and depending on your schedule. So uh, you might consider adding BCAAs into uh, your water as well, which is something that we both do, at least when we're um, at really kind of low body fat percentages. Like definitely once you uh, break under 10% as a guy or under 15% as a woman,
1: uh, you might really want to consider adding that to your diet. And this this is something else. is. If you're craving something and you're on the edge of go grab like a small little like piece of bread or something like that. Before you do that, I highly suggest uh, just pound down a glass of water, wait it out for 10 minutes, see how you feel. And more than not, you're going to feel perfectly fine and are able to hold it off to your next meal. So, yeah, Yeah. yes. Drinking water will help you immensely on a cutting period.
0: Yeah. So, so do you want to get into the next one too?
1: Yeah. The, the next portion is just don't completely deprive yourself. You, you want to enjoy some of the foods that, uh, you're craving, but you have to be smart about it. So like this past week, uh, Leif, we've had French toast. (laughs) This is going to make us sound super fat, but (laughs) we've had, we've had French toast, pizza, ice cream, chips, and other goodies. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of other goodies. So, yeah, like how the hell do we fit that into our macros? While still losing body fat. While still losing body fat. Yeah, exactly. It's – got to be smart. So – It's the beauty of flexible dieting.
0: It's the beauty of following macros and uh, just kind of fitting foods into those macros. Now, of course, we're not talking about health foods here. Like just like protein powder – French toast pizza, ice cream, chips, those are not necessarily healthy for you, even the vegan versions, which is what we eat obviously. But <laughs> it's um it's it is Im- it and it's really really important to maintain moderation, but the the reason this is so beneficial is that if you don't satisfy your cravings for these kind of foods, if that's something that you crave, then you might actually be setting yourself up for a major binge and that's going to really Um, that's going to really hurt you in the long run. We're
1: saying this from experience. All right. So it's, I know after you completed your last uh, shredding cycle, you just went crazy, right? I, yeah, it was bad. And I did the exact same thing right after my last competition. I was like, whoa, I could eat whatever I want now. Right. Boom. (laughs) I felt like shit. Yeah.
0: (laughs) and, And lots of people tend to actually do that during yeah during
1: uh, like i have i did that this past time you know when when we went to the uh philadelphia fit expo i was like okay cool i'll use this day as my refeed day which is just upping your uh caloric intake a little bit just to replenish your body of calories that it hasn't been getting and we're like oh cool we'll go to this Mediterranean place have this nice uh what what is that called Hummus. We, yeah, Jeez. we had a huge hummus dish. I'm blanking on dish. that word. We we had a nice hummus dish, and I was like, cool. I feel great, nice and full. We went uh, to Expo, and afterwards, we went to a vegan fat food place, and that well, vegan uh, like comfort food. Yeah, it was like it was like vegan cheese steaks and vegan like club sandwiches, that and type burgers, of deal, stuff like that. And yeah, I I jumped off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> And I I ate a lot, and I just continued eating, and I felt terrible. So that's definitely not something you want to be doing because, one, it makes you feel terrible. Two, that just is so many calories that you shouldn't be consuming during a cut. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely important to do everything in moderation. Yes, you can fit this foods into your macros if you really want to. Like, hey, uh, for – just don't eat two bananas for the day that you usually do and then have like a small serving of vegan ice cream if you if that's what you're craving you can do that you know it's yeah it's i i the way i look at it is like i trade a carb for a carb protein for a protein that type of deal yeah that's the way i look at it and another way to make this even better so you can have more of these foods is to uh i love Baking, I love cooking. I love making my own recipes. So I've, I have found recipes that like the French toast. I can make uh, French toast from seitan and it's super magical. Which is fr- just wheat gluten for yeah, those who don't know. Yeah, it's just wheat gluten. And, and it's pretty much all protein. It's like 95% protein. And so, yeah, it's you're having the comfort of the French toast, but you're getting good macros in too. Yeah. You just, like, find these small little things to substitute. Yeah, obviously don't use, like, maple syrup. You right. find something a little bit sweeter, like a light agave sweetener or something for on top or something like that. And yeah. you can make things work. You just need to work around all that stuff. Exactly. Um, and we also, like, most of these
0: um, kind of junk food things that we eat, um, which aren't necessarily junk foods because we do tend to make the macros really good, but even still they're not uh maybe as good for you as um having spinach and tofu and a a pea protein (laughs) shake so uh we actually fit a lot of these foods into our controlled refeeds that we do once a week now um a refeed is is uh, a refeed day is not really an all-out binge um that's known as a cheat day and we do not advocate a cheat day andres was just talking to you about why he's um He's done a few cheat days and he's seriously regretted it. Um, so if you're maintaining a calorie deficit of 5,000 uh, sorry, of 500 calories per day, um, that's uh, 3,500 calories per week, just seven times 500. That's a 3,500 calorie deficit per week. But if you take one cheat day and you say, "Oh, I'm going to have 2,000 extra calories, then guess what you just wiped out half over half of your calorie deficit which means like um which means like 3 days that you just spent busting your ass in the gym exactly just went to waste
1: like you just you, you, totally you, ruined it you you have to remind yourself it's it's definitely something that you don't think of during that day but then you're you're going to look back and be like damn i should not have done that yeah So a refeed day is a
0: calculated short-term increase in your calories. Now, the scientific basis for a refeed day lies uh, within the leptin uh, boosting power from a short-term boost in calories. Now, leptin is a hormone that regulates uh, satiety and energy intake. Um, And it decreases when body fat levels go down and carbohydrate intake is reduced. So as a result, hunger levels can rise uh, significantly and uh, satiety is reduced. Um, uh, So ideally, the goal of a refeed day should be to promote a rise in your leptin levels uh, to uh, ensure better adherence to a specific diet. So for a refeed, we generally aim to keep our fat levels somewhat lower and increase our carbs uh, because carbs are the important part of a refeed. We increase those carbs to a point that we hit our maintenance calorie target for the day. So basically, we just take a day. We've been doing it once a week. Um, if you have a high bo- higher body fat percentage or don't really feel the need for a refeed day because you're hitting your, your calories and feeling good about it then yeah, maybe you don't need to do that. But we've been doing a refeed about once a week. And um, that just means that we are we take one day, which happens to be Saturday. That's what we've been doing. We take a Saturday and we just wipe out our calorie deficit for the day. And we just say, okay, we're gonna eat our uh, maintenance calories for the day. Um, so uh, we just increase our carbs to a point where we hit our maintenance uh, calories, which ends up being... Uh, somewhere on the order of like a hundred to a hundred and fifty grams of carbs that we add, yeah, something like kind of
1: depending on the day. So, so it, yeah, we're we're not like eating a shit ton of stuff. Right. We're we're having what what is that like five extra, six extra bananas a day, something yeah. like that, to put it into perspective. Yeah, it's not it's, that much. It's not much, but your body is going to love it. <laughs> yeah, and it
0: helps you to uh, maintain adherence to your diet, and that's kind of the whole point. Um, and, uh, you also kind of, um, help keep your body in an optimal fat burning state and you don't get super hungry. Uh, so it, it mostly helps mentally and that's, um, that's a huge benefit. Um, so that's, uh, so, so the last tip that we're going to cover is in this case, most important, this is the most important, uh, tip that we're going to be covering, um, and we saved it for last. And it is this you absolutely must track. You must track a few things. You must track your macros, you must track your weight, you should track your body progress uh by using pictures either weekly or bi-weekly. You should track your workouts. Um And uh, kind of those are the main things. You can also track uh, your body measurements, uh, taking body measurements like on your on your thigh and around your waist and around your uh, chest area and around your arms and stuff to uh, kind of make sure that you're uh, heading in the right direction as well. But the weigh ins and progress pictures in
1: in my opinion is most important. So uh, I, I, I would definitely say the macros are the most important. Yeah. Tracking macros to make sure you hit your targets every single day. Right. But yes, weigh-ins is a very close second for me. Tracking your weight every single day has helped me immensely just because that will show you if you see you're the same weight for a week and a half, obviously you need to maybe start incorporating a little cardio or recalculate your macros and get a slight, yeah. slightly lower caloric deficit, you know? and that's what 's really going to keep you on track with that steady fat loss and uh, if you don't do that you're not going to have anything to gauge that to, and you might that might make you end up just be being unmotivated and end up quitting because you 're not seeing results right so that's that is key. make sure that you log your weight every single day
0: yeah that's certainly key. Uh, and as he said macros is the most important uh, so if you don't have a meal plan that's actually the beauty of having a meal plan so if you don't have yeah, one, you don't have to think about you it you might want to consider getting one because then you don't have to track every single day you can just kind of eat the same foods every single day and not have to worry about tracking but if you do want to track your macros you want to just calculate your macros and track them then it's uh, Definitely helpful to use an app on your phone. Uh, We use Chronometer, which is an app that you can just download uh, on your phone. It's available on Apple or Android. Um, And there's also MyFitnessPal. Both of those are kind of the leaders in macro tracking. Uh, There are a few other apps that people like, but those are the main uh, apps. Uh, And as I said, we prefer Chronometer. So tracking macros is super important, but your daily weigh ins is more important. Uh, you should definitely do your weigh-in in the morning,
1: uh, right when you get up, and after you go to the bathroom. That's an excellent point. It should be before you eat anything it or just, drink anything. It at least just needs to be at the same time every single day. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. If you and weigh, if you weigh much, yourself one day in the morning and the next in the evening, obviously your body body weight is going to be different because you've been eating the whole damn day right so
0: yeah it does make a it does make a huge difference it is best to weigh yourself in the morning after you go to the bathroom that is what we do that's what we highly highly recommend um if that doesn't work for you or your schedule for whatever reason then yeah uh, try to weigh yourself at the same time every single day yeah it's your true body weight without any food in it so yeah that's it and your body weight will fluctuate depending on what you ate the previous day, depending on how late um, you ate it, Yeah, depending on your uh, bathroom schedule, extra uh, water you drank the yeah, night before. It, it There are a bunch of factors that go into that. But uh, the main thing is that you're logging it every single day. And yes, it, it's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's not going to be a constant decrease, even if you're hitting your macros on point and you also are working out. Um, and hitting all of your exercises and even cardio and stuff, it's still going to go up and down a little bit. So if your weigh-in is higher, uh, than it was the last day, even if you've been consistent, don't freak out. Um, in fact, we recommend actually, uh, tracking your average weekly, uh, weight change, your, your weight changes, which means, um, uh, you, you add up all of your body weight measurements from a given week and divide by seven. And then you track that main number uh, week by week. So uh, let's say I start my cut at 187 pounds, which I did. And in week one, my average weight was 186.5. And there was some fluctuations from day to day, but that was the average. And then the next week, I have an average of 185 pounds. And I know that I am going down and I'm hanging in the right direction because I'm tracking my average weight. So... That's what we would recommend. That's what works best. Um, and then progress pictures are also super, super important. Sometimes it's, a it's huge, difficult. It's a huge
1: motivator. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's difficult
0: is. to see changes just uh, on the scale. It seems like things are going really slow or you're kind of hitting a plateau or something. Um, and for some people, it is possible. It's unlikely, but it is
1: possible that you are actually building muscle while shredding fat. So yeah, we have a client that's doing that right now. Actually, and yeah, he's he's remained around the same weight, but he's but his he, body composition yeah, exactly. is improving. He, he looks so much
0: better. Yeah, so so that does happen for some people. It's um it's really a matter of your weightlifting experience. If you don't really have much weightlifting experience, um, you can tend to uh, be a little bit. Uh, it, it, it might be more likely that you're actually going to build muscle while you shred fat. Um, but it's not going to happen for most people. It certainly isn't going to happen for us because we're, we, we have a decade of training under our belt. So, um, uh, but progress pictures are still important. Even if you've been training a while, uh, you can start seeing the small differences in your physique, uh, from week to week or, uh, uh, like every other week, depending on when you're doing your progress pictures uh, tracking your workouts is also really, really important. Um, there are a bunch of ways to do this. You can do it on paper. You can use an app, uh, whatever works for you. Uh, but tracking your workouts is, um, is pretty important, but it's not as important as tracking your macros and tracking your weigh-ins and progress pictures. Yeah, it's definitely like the least important, but yeah.
1: it's still a good thing to do.
0: Yeah. But the main reason, the main, the main thing here, the main point is that you, sh- you must absolutely track. Like, if you don't track your macros and you don't track your weight, I can guarantee you that you are not going to achieve your goals. Like, yeah, that's it. (laughs) It's not going to happen. (laughs) um, It's it's uh, it's super important. And um, and even if you somehow do head in the right direction, uh, you're not going to be doing it as efficiently as possible. Exactly. So um, you you really need to. Uh, you need to track, uh, your macros. Uh, we
1: use flexible dieting and we highly, highly recommend it. And you need to track your weigh-ins. So like, like we said, we've both have 10 years of experience on our belts and we still do this. We still need to make sure that we track, you know, it's, that's how you achieve the, your end result. Exactly. And it's not as important
0: when you're doing bulking because we, we can kind of, uh, it's called intuitive eating where we kind of just know uh, what, what macros are in certain foods. And we, we sometimes go over, but we generally know where we're trying to, uh, be in our lean bulking. But when you're shredding, it's difficult to maintain a calorie deficit. Like your body doesn't want to do it. It's not necessarily enjoyable. Um, which is why you really need to, uh, go by the book you need to track. Um, so that's it. For, for all the tips, uh, those are our most tips for you. Those are our most (laughs) important tips. And we covered the, uh, the major three things
1: that you need to do when you're shredding, uh, that are all but necessary. So, so do don't, don't be afraid of cutting. It's a fun process. You're going to be hungry, but you're going to have an amazing results in the end. Exactly. And it's, it's just a really cool thing, you know? Yeah. So you want to do a quick recap
0: of everything we did?
1: Or or I can? Yeah, let's do it. All
0: right, well, let's start with the three things that you absolutely must have when you're shredding. Um, So number one is maintain an aggressive yet not reckless calorie deficit of about 20%. Uh, Number two is that you uh, must eat plenty of high quality plant protein. Uh, We aim for about 1.1 grams of protein per pound of lean body mass, uh, which is about 2.4 grams of protein per kilogram of lean body mass per day. Uh that's a lot of protein. If you don't want to eat that much, um uh do what works for you. But number three is focus on heavy compound weightlifting, not
1: cardio. So uh honors, what are the tips that we went over? Yeah, so the tips try intermittent fasting. That's something that you're dabbling with at the moment, life yeah, kind it, of sort of. It works of. for me. <laughs> and uh it works for different people and they have different schedules. It it really depends on what you like. Uh, Adding some cardio, that was number two. Uh, That's not necessary as long as you're in a caloric deficit to lose fat. But if you're trying to get to a lower body fat percentage, it will be necessary. Uh, Number three, combine your meals. So not just have a post-workout meal and then another meal right afterwards. Just combine the two and just have the one big meal by itself. And then eat as much volume as possible. High volume foods as in like a lot of spinach, kale, broccoli, asparagus, and green beans. It really fills you up and it's just the way to do it. And then also drink tons of water. Before you reach for that snack, before you reach for that little candy bar saying, oh, it's only 100 calories. Chug some water, fill your stomach, and you'll be good to go. I promise. Well, I do and, that all And the eat time.
0: before like an actual good meal <laughs> What's so, like like eat before an actual meal that's in your macros, like don't oh, just do it to like kick the candy bars exactly exactly, yeah.
1: and then, yeah, don't completely deprive yourself is the last one, so pretty much enjoy yourself, make sure if you want to have something a s- little sweet, make sure you have room for it in your macros, and you're able to do that uh I highly recommend making recipes more macro friendly so you can eat more of it, but uh. Again, you don't have to do that. Uh, it's just what is best for you. Yeah. Just make sure it fits in your macros.
0: And that was actually the second to last thing. The most important one, oh, which yeah. is the last tip.
1: <laughs> you missed the most important oh, one. Oh, Jumping uh, ahead of myself. The most
0: important one is that you must track. Track your macros, track your daily weigh-ins, track your
1: progress pictures, and track your workouts. And you said that in the most important... Uh, ranking order yeah (laughs) yeah well i don't know that the other
0: ones were in order but that one is definitely the most important yeah that's why um so uh with that being said that is a wrap for this podcast um just as a reminder we're launching the vegan peak performance blueprint this week this is going to be so badass it's going to be so cool so it's a six-step process designed to help vegan entrepreneurs Business leaders and influencers master their bodies so they can create their greatest impact in the world. Um, If that is you, uh, you're going to want to apply to this program. Um, uh, But it is—it's—it's really—it's—it's specifically for those people. So you can learn more about this program by going to veganpeakperformanceblueprint.com. As we as we've already said, the Vegan Peak Performance Blueprint is not. It is not for everyone. It is specifically designed for vegan entrepreneurs, business leaders, and influencers. Spots are extremely limited. We're only going to be taking a handful of people, and you must apply to get into the program. If you are tuning into this podcast months after its air date, uh, which is going to be May fifteenth, um, you uh, there there might still be spots available for uh, kind of later in the future, so you can still check that out. Um, Again, you're going to find all the information by visiting veganpeakperformanceblueprint.com. And also, if you haven't subscribed to our email list, you should definitely do that to get all of our latest content sent directly to your inbox. You can sign up for our email list and get a free copy of my book, How to Build Muscle and Lose Fat on a Vegan Diet uh, by going to thevegangym.com forward slash book. Again, that's thevegangym.com forward slash book. And if you enjoy our content and you find it to be useful, especially if you found this particular episode to be useful, we would really, really appreciate you guys leaving a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Um, It just takes two minutes of your time. It's seriously, it's two minutes and it will really, really help us out. Um, we, we try to bring you guys as much value as possible and really all we ask in return is that you leave a review. It really helps us to spread veganism and, um, our love of fitness. So, uh, please take those two minutes and leave a review for everyone who's already done that. Thank you very much. Um, and also, uh, we would really appreciate you guys spreading this, uh, podcast and spreading, uh, the vegan gym movement. So if you have to people that are struggling with cutting you know? Yeah. If specifically for this podcast episode, if you know someone who's having trouble cutting, uh, um, send this podcast episode to them and tell them why this is important. Better yet, uh, call them or, or tell them in person because that means so much more. So, uh, as always, thank you so much for your time, attention and support guys. We freaking love you. It means the world to us that you're listening to this podcast, that you're supporting us. Um, we, we, Just want to bring you guys the best possible vegan fitness content available. And that's what we're trying to do in this podcast. So thank you so much. Take care. Have a fantastic freaking week, guys. And until next time, keep challenging the status quo.